All right. So that's just a good way for us to just kind of open up and let that be a prayer to start the service. And um, I just want to introduce myself first. If you don't know me, I know most of you probably do, but I'm Nate Westerfield. I'm the worship arts pastor here on staff. And um, all the, the, you know, some people think my job is real fun. So, and I do. I do think it's fun um, because we get to like play with strings on the stage and play instruments and do graphics and stuff. And we really enjoy that, but I'm really blessed with a great team of people to help with that as well. And um, I've been married to my beautiful wife for almost 12 years here, right, Kaylee? And um, and uh, I forgot that a couple weeks ago, so I have to make sure I remember that now. And um, we we have two beautiful boys, and my wife, uh, just like two or three weeks here, we have our third coming. And um, so we're excited about that. And uh I have two wonderful parents who attend the church here as well. I'm a local boy. I grew up in Washington. Don't hate me for that, of course. Um, uh, but it was a little weird coming to Metamora to work at first when I came over. I was like, I don't know if I could do that, you know. But but we had a good time, and it's been a great experience being here. And, you know, this past couple of weeks, Pastor Bill's been talking about connecting with God. And we called the sermon series Connect and that's what really inspired the stage design, you know, with all the strings and the graphics. How do we connect, you know? And we have all these ways that we can connect to God. And Bill went over just different things, focusing on relationship with God, how we spend time with God, making sure we make time for God. You know, a lot of times we're always in a hurry to get things done that uh, a lot of times God gets our second best, not our first best. And um, that we shouldn't be discouraged, that God isn't always going to... We don't always understand his ways. We don't always understand why he may not answer a prayer, but God does have a reason. And then Jesus' prayer in the garden, that he prayed for us, that it, that as a church that we would be united together. And then finally, on fasting last week, how we give up something that we need to seek God and to seek his will and his purpose or, and just to grow closer to him. You know, I was thinking in America, where we live, most of us, um, have more than we need. Um, we're very blessed. And the one thing that we can give up on a regular basis is food to draw us closer to God, you know. And um, when I would fast, we would we would do it um, to where we have mornings. Instead of breakfast, you would pray. And then at lunch, you would read the Word. And then maybe at a break time, you would go and pray some more. And then in the evening, you would read His Word and pray together. And so the whole day, rather than eating and ingesting in food we're ingesting god and we're getting him into our hearts into our minds and uh, letting him speak to us and so fasting is an important part that we should practice regularly not just occasionally and then today i'm going to talk to you about connecting to god through songs of course um that's why we got the guitar here we're going to sing a couple more songs together but we're going to do a little bit of a message and then a song and a little bit more and then a song and so we're going to keep it interesting we're going to keep it a little bit different than what we usually do here at church. If this is your first time, we usually have the full band and do a couple songs, and then Bill comes out and preaches and maybe close with a song or, or close with a prayer. But today is going to be a little different. So I wanted to start with this. I know there have been times in my life, times of despair, when I went through the trauma of my brain tumor back in 2004. I remember that. That, that was... So there was despair there. When my boys were born, I had times of joy, times of sadness when we lose a loved one, when my grandma, my mom's mom passed away. I remember the tears that we 
that we shed for her, you know, and uh, we've been fortunate not to have many losses in our families overall, but it's always hard to go through those times. Times of decision, when we have a new job or a, a new career or a new school that we're looking at to go to, we have all these times in our life that we go through. And a lot of times what I've found is sometimes I don't have the words to say, to speak to God in those moments, but a song will say it best for me. Sometimes when I went through my brain tumor, back, back in 2004, a friend of mine, he sang the song, Blessed Be Your Name. And in that song, it, it's based out of the scriptures in Job, where Job has been given a plenty, and God allows it all to be taken away. And, God's, and Job says, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And so we see in that scripture, in that song, that no matter what we may face, God is faithful. And I know for each of us, I would say, would you agree that there's some song, some song or songs that you've had in your, in your life that have meant something? Maybe it was the first date you went on, and that's the first song you remember of you and your sweetheart. You're like, oh, I remember that song. He tried to kiss me, and I said, no. <laughs> or maybe it, was, maybe it was the time when you danced at your wedding, and that's the song that you danced with your loved one, and you remember that song. Guys, we better, right? We better remember that song. Um, I remember half of mine. So, <laughs> so we did the swing dance, you know, the bugle boy. So I remember that part. So, and that was, that was a lot of fun that we had. But there's other songs that we remember. Songs, maybe when we lost somebody that was dear to us. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date myself a little bit here. When we lost my grandma, my mom's mom, so a bunch of us cousins are roughly about the same age. When they all live in Colorado, and there's this rap group, okay, and I don't encourage you to go listen to them at all, but they're called Bone Thugs and Harmony. So some of you guys that grew up in the 90s, you know who they are. But there's a song called The Crossroads that they sing, and they go, bah, 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 you know, it had all this little stuff in it. But that was a song that me and my cousins um, really clung to because it, we were at a crossroads. We, we lost the matriarch to my mom's family, and she was the world to my aunts and uncles. And it, it was just a song that we clung to, and we played it over and over again at, while we're in Colorado. Maybe you've had a song like that. Maybe it was a song that your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, maybe that they, they loved, and you played it at their funeral. And every time you hear that song today, it reminds you of them and who they were and what they meant to you. Songs have a powerful way of getting into our hearts and connecting our minds and our hearts together. So today, today what I wanted to focus on was I want to take you back to the Old Testament, and we're going to look at the tabernacle and, um, and how the Israelites and Jewish people entered into worship. But we're going to put that in the acronym of PRAY. So we're going to start off with the letter P for praise. Okay, praise and thanksgiving. So in the temple, they have a picture of it up here. I think Heather, right? So when I when I first saw this picture, I thought of getting a flannel graph out, you know, and saying, this is Sunday school. Remember those days? But if you grew up in church, yeah, I was like, this is awesome. So, but this is a rendering of, of what it may have looked like at the temple. So we see the courts, and we see a few things in the courts. We're going to go through those. And then we see the holy place, the, and then the most holy place. And 
inside there. We're going to go through those as well. But we're going to start on the outside of the, the temple, the tabernacle there. And um, we're going to start with the letter P, praise. In Psalm 104, we see the scripture says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Now, when I think of praise, do you think of like a golf clap? Do you think of that? I don't. To be honest, I don't. I when the Israelites were coming in to the 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 tabernacle there, I you know the, here's God who they've seen smite people in an instance. Here's a God who they've seen who has delivered them out of Egypt. Here's a God who has been there for them time and time again, but who's also showed and demonstrated his power over and over again. Do you think they took lightly entering into his courts? I don't think they did. You know, I coach my um, sons uh, in soccer and baseball. And, you know, when we're out there on the field and they, they get a breakaway and they're dribbling that ball to, to the net, you know, parents aren't going, yay. No, they're going, go get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Go, you can do it, you can do it. We're praising them to encourage them, to tell them, hey, you can do it, you can do it. And when they score, what's everybody do? Wow, that's my boy, yeah. That's what we're doing, right? Why don't we take that same attitude for our sons whom we love? And take that same attitude and give it to the God who saved us as well. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And so what I thought we would do, and you can remain seated if you want to, but I thought we'd sing a song all because of Jesus. It's all because of him that we're alive. It's all because of him that he died for us, that we might have life and hope in him. So let's sing this song. You can stand, you can sit down. I'm going to stay seated. So let's just sing this together. Giver of every breath I breathe, author of all eternity, giver of every perfect thing, to you be the glory. Maker of heaven and of earth, no one can comprehend your worth. King over all the universe, to you be the glory. Say, I'm alive because I'm alive in you. Here we go. And it's all because of Jesus I'm alive. And it's all because the blood of Jesus Christ. It covers me. It covers me. Racist dead man's life. And it's all because of Jesus I'm alive. Yes, it is. Maker of heaven, maker of heaven and of earth. No one can comprehend your earth. King over all the universe, to you be the glory. I'm alive. 
Say, I'm alive because I'm loving you. Yes, we are. And it's all because of Jesus I'm alive. And it's all because the blood of Jesus Christ. It covers me, raises dead man's life. And it's all because of Jesus. Every sunrise sings your grace. The universe cries out your praise. Singing freedom all my days. Now that I'm alive, and it's all, and it's all because of Jesus, I'm alive. Yes, it is. And it's all because the blood of Jesus Christ, he covers me, he covers me, raises dead man's eye. And it's all because of Jesus, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Amen. Let's give him praise. It is because of him. All right. That's my computer. It's a little background help. So, um, so, so we praise God. So I don't ever want us to be ashamed. You know, if, if you love Jesus and you know Jesus, don't be afraid to sing out. Don't be afraid. Even if you, you're off pitch, that's okay. Because guess what? God loves it. God loves it. And that's what we're here for. When we sing on the stage as a band, we're not here to perform and to just sing the songs to you guys. We're here to sing the songs together as one voice to one God. And I encourage you guys to sing it out and, uh, and to praise God with everything that you have. The next we come to, the next letter we come to is R, and that would be repent. And so as we come into the temple, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. The next things we come to is the altar. Now on the altar, here is where, on the brazen altar, here's where they would bring their offerings to God to sacrifice. Pigeons, doves, lambs, goats, all these different animals that they would bring for different sins. It's all listed in the Old Testament of what they were to bring to atone for their sins. This is where the blood was spilled for those sins. Now, here's the important thing to note. This cost them something. They had to bring something that they owned something that they used to live, something that they had to sacrifice for the sins that they had. And what the priests would do in the brazen labor as well is they would, they would wash their, their bodies, their hands, and they would make themselves ceremonially cl clean in order to make these sacrifices and also to minister in the holy place, in the most holy place. If they didn't do it correctly, they would have been put to death. So the whole tabernacle is very serious praise and, and thanksgiving as we enter, but then we come to a time of reconciliation, repentance, and this is where it's not a joke anymore about what we've done. It's important to what we have to um, look to God for those, the redemption of those sins. And the first thing I thought about was the story of David and Bathsheba. 
And so I don't have all the time to go through the whole story of David, which I just I love to study David and look at him. But King David, we know in in the Old Testament, was a man of God. He was anointed king when he was a boy, as a shepherd boy. Um, king Saul was the Saul that was reigning then. King Saul um, and David, excuse me, David was anointed king, shepherd boy. We hear the story of David and Goliath, of course, him, the little boy, killing the giant with a single stone. Then from then on, we see David and Saul's relationship grow to some degree, but then also split because David becomes favored among the men, and King Saul becomes very jealous of who David is and who David becomes, and Saul then learns that David is to be the next king. So what do most kings do when they find out somebody else in their family isn't is going to be king. What do they usually do? Kill him. They do. You're right. Good answer. They try, right? And so that's what King Saul tried to do. He was on the hunt all the time to kill David. But here's a beautiful thing. He kept trying and trying and trying. He got close a few times, but he never succeeded. But here's what's even better. David had the opportunity to take King Saul's life, and he decided not to take it. Matter of fact, he cuts off a piece of King's King Saul's robe, uh, his, his train, and he's in anguish about even touching that much of the king. Here's a man who the men that followed him loved him dearly. He's a man who was full of honor and integrity. When he did that to King Saul, he said, how dare I touch God's anointed? He knew that it wasn't his time or his place to do that. But eventually King Saul dies, his sons die, David becomes king, David reunites the whole nation of Israel, and we see King David still revered and honored. But in the spring times, when it, I love, I love what, and when you read in Second Samuel there, they say in the springtime, as it was customary for the kings to go out to war, like it was like game, you know? I was like, that's interesting. In the springtime, when it was customary, I was like, wow, that just must have been a thing. Let's go to war. It's spring, you know? But but I thought it was interesting to read that. But then what we see, we see David stay behind. Instead of going out to the battle and being out there, he stayed home. He decided to walk among his, I'm sure, gorgeous palace. And he was out walking along the deck. And he goes to see, hey, there's a, there's a pretty lady. And he decided to linger too long. He makes a bad decision. And in that decision, we come to find out that a child is born. Now, David is freaking out, okay? He's a king. He can have whatever he wants, right? But he knows he's done wrong. So what David does is he has Bathsheba's husband, she was married, come home. He's on the battlefield. He's one of David's mighty men. He's a captain of the army. Has him come home, and he tries to trick him into making it appear as if it's his child, right? So... Uriah, though, doesn't respond how King David expects him to. Uriah decides to sleep outside the house because he says, how dare I have any comforts while my men are on the battlefield? So we see this integrity, this honor, this code that they had together that, that David had instilled in his men. We see it carried out in Uriah, but we see King David respond completely opposite. And what's he do in turn? He sends Uriah out to the battlefield with his own orders in his hand. He didn't open them. Gives them to Joab. And the orders are that Uriah be put on the front line so that he be killed. So in just this short story, we see King David, a man who's revered, a man who's honored, 
a, a man whose men love him, a man who God loves, make a mistake. Not one, adultery, but also murder. And then the prophet Nathan comes to David a while, little while after, and he tells him a story about a rich man and a poor man, and the rich man has all these sheep and goats and lambs and all these things, and the poor man has just one lamb, and he cares for him, and he feeds him. But the rich man takes the poor man's lamb because a friend's coming into town. And David stands up and says, how dare he bring him to me so I can kill him. And Nathan turns around and says, you are that man. And in that moment, we see David finally accept what he's done. And out of Psalm 51, I encourage you to go home and read the whole thing because it's just a beautiful psalm. It's a beautiful scripture that we can read, that we can sing in those times that we want to repent to God. And I wanted to focus on verses 10 through 12. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Out of that psalm, a song was written that I grew up singing. And it's called Creating Me a Clean Heart, just from that first line. And today as we sing this, I want us to be reminded that we're here in church. It's okay for us to reflect. It's okay for us to sit here. And as we sing this song, let's make this our prayer. If there's things in our lives that we need God to forgive us of, as we sing this song, let it be a prayer that God forgive us. As they came to the altar to sacrifice the, their, their offerings. Let this be our moment here in this place right now as we sing this, that we say, God, forgive me because your blood has covered us. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me, and cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me, oh, the joy of my salvation, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me, create in me a clean heart, oh, God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me, and cast me not away from thy presence, O oh Lord. 
Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me, oh, the joy of my salvation. And renew a right spirit within me. And cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me all the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Yes, Lord, let us always remember that song. If ever those those times in our life, God, where we need to come to you and just lay at your feet, God, those things that we need forgiveness for. And we thank you for that. Isn't God good? Yeah, he is. You know, the beautiful thing is that no matter what we do, we can always come back to God and repent of whatever we've done. The next letter, of course, is A, and this one's ask. And uh, the nice thing about the temp- the tabernacle, so out in the courtyard we see praise, thanksgiving, we see repentance, and then we come into the holy place, and, and here in the holy place we see a couple things. So we see the, you got the image up there, Heather? So we see the lampstand. And this is just a reminder for us. In Psalm 119, 105, um, we're reminded that your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And the, the lampstand was on the left side of the most holy place as you entered. And it also reminded the Israelites how God let them, led them out of Egypt. He led them by a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. But it also reminds us that Jesus is also the light of the world and that in him we have that hope and that that peace. On the right-hand side, there was a table of showbread. And each day, they they baked 12 loaves of bread. Could you imagine what that smelled like? It's probably real. Do you guys like the, the, the fresh smell of baked bread? Isn't it, isn't it nice and aro- aromatic, right? Right? So I can imagine every day they baked that bread, and it was just smelt real good, but it also reminded them of God's faithfulness to them. It reminded them of the manna that they had when they came out of Egypt. Jesus said in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So we have this reminder in, in the tabernacle there to, of God's faithfulness, that he lights the way, but that he also provides for us and that he is our nourishment. And then in the front, before we get into the holy place, and right in, as you enter in, right directly in front of you, is the altar of incense. Now, how many of you guys grew up Catholic? I didn't, but if you can raise your hand. So now, you remember when my grandma passed away, my grandpa was a deacon in the Catholic Church, and at the time I didn't understand what it was. But when they proceeded the casket in and when they proceeded the casket out, the priest swung this big ball-like thing on a chain, and there was smoke coming out of it, right? And so the priest had lit the incense, and the incense represented the prayers of the saints, of the people, and the prayers that are going up for, the, for that loved one. And so here in the tabernacle, we see the altar of incense, which represents the same thing. It represents the prayers of the people. 
like a sweet aroma to God. David said it in Psalm 141, a 1 and verse 2, I call to you, Lord, come quickly to, he- to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. And so I actually went to Walmart and I was looking at incense. And I have to be honest, I have bad connotations when it comes to incense because all the movies in today's world, you think there's a lot of things that go along with incense, right? And, and I'm, I was going to bring it and I was like, you know, I just can't get past that. But, but at the same time, I have to change my mindset because it's a great visual for us to see that let our prayers rise like incense to God. He hears every one of our prayers. Doesn't mean he answers them the way we want him to, but he hears them. He knows us, and he longs for us to, to engage in that conversation with him. Pastor Dan, a couple weeks ago when we did child dedications, he shared the story of Hannah. And in Hannah's life, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1-28, through 28, we see a perfect example of asking God for something. Hannah wasn't able to have children, and so she was there to at the at the um, tabernacle there. And Eli the priest sees her praying, and and he at first he thinks that she's had too much to drink, and then she goes, "Oh no no no, it's not that." She goes, "I'm I'm desperate in soul, I'm desperate because I, for for what she's longing for." And she doesn't name what she's longing for, but the Eli the priest says, "Well, let it be so," and she goes home, and her and her husband are able to conceive. But we see this honest prayer, this honest woman who shares her heart with God and just longs for that. And I know that sometimes those answers aren't, those prayers aren't always answered, but we see also in Hannah just that faith that no matter what, she's going to trust God and she loves God. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, we read, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. I love that because there's a lot of times I know that I've prayed for healing. I've prayed for people to come come to know the Lord, and still they haven't. Those healings never came. I remember when I was on ACE teams, it was a missions program for about nine months. We, We traveled around the state of Illinois. I remember I stayed at the church for one month. I got to stay in the apartment at the church, and there'd be nights where I couldn't sleep, and I'd go down in the sanctuary, and I'd pray to God, and and I'd look up, and there was a dove in the ceiling, like a stained glass thing. And sometimes I, I would argue with God and say, God, why don't these things happen? Why don't we see these things happen? Is my faith too small? Is it not big enough? Why don't we see these things happen? But I'm always reminded that my ways are not his ways. I may not ever understand them all the way, but his ways are higher than mine, and I have to trust that what it says in Philippians there, that his peace that transcends all understanding will guard my heart and my mind. I love what Matt William Barclay said. Um, Pastor Dan had turned me on to him. Uh, he has written just a bunch of commentaries on the New Testament, and um, when I was going through looking and studying on on this ask section, it's hard because sometimes we look at all these things we want and w- we think we want and we need and we want God to do, and, and then we read verses like Matthew 7, 7 through 8, and it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. 
Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And so Jesus said this. And so you're like going, well, if I ask God, he's going to give it, right? If I seek God, he's going he's gonna to let me find it. If I'm going to knock, he's going to answer. And Jesus said that he will. But I love what William Barclay says here. He says, the lesson here is that God will always answer our prayers, but he will answer them his way. And can you be honest? Is that kind of hard to take sometimes? Because sometimes our ways isn't what we want God to be, right? And his way will be the way of perfect wisdom and of perfect love. I'm reminded of the little boy Dax in Washington. You guys all have heard of his story, right? It's sad to see a two or three-year-old go through that, right? To go through that, and we ask God why. But look at what that little child's sickness did to the community. Look what he did to this world. And look how his life has benefited other lives as they've raised over a million dollars to help other kids. I'm not saying it's easy. By no means am I saying it's easy. But God had a plan. And I know that Dax is in heaven, and he's rejoicing, and he's perfectly healed, right? He doesn't have that pain anymore. But because of his life, other lives were touched. We don't always understand it, but God's will is perfect. Always perfect. So I thought, a good song for us to sing would be that we open our eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, God, to your will, not my way. To open the eyes of my heart, Lord. To open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. See, so open the eyes of my heart, Lord. So open the eyes of my heart. And I want to see you. Yes, we do, God. And I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, to see you high and lifted up, shining like the light of your glory. Pour out, so pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes. See, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. See, open the eyes of my heart. And I want to see you. And I want to see you. Open the eyes. See, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. See, open the eyes of my heart, and I want to see you. See, I want to see you, to see you high, Lord, to see you high and lifted up, oh, Lord. 
shining in the light of your glory. So pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, 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 to see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. So pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy. Yes, he is. Let's give him praise for that. You know, it's, um, you know I'm a crier, so, of course. So I'm sitting there singing that. I'm trying to pull back tears because no matter what we go through, I mean, we don't understand it, but God's always faithful. And it doesn't mean that we quit asking. It just means that we have to trust more. And so I encourage you to do that. The next letter and the last letter is Y. And this one, I took the word yield. So in the temple, as we go back to that image in, in the temple there, or the tabernacle, sorry, um, we see the most holy place. So now, this place, the most holy place, was reserved for the high priest. And he was able to go into there once a year to, to petition for the people of Israel. Now, God's presence was so strong in that place, if that priest hadn't prepared himself, what he did is, before he went in, they tied a bell to his ankle. They tied a rope to his ankle. Because if he wasn't 100% clean, as soon as he entered through that veil, boom, dead. God's presence was so strong in there. And so they'd have to pull him out. So it reminded me of what Isaiah said in chapter 6, 5. Now, it's not directly related to the tabernacle, but what Isaiah said about God. He says this. He says, woe to me, exclamation point. Woe to me. I cried. I am ruined, another exclamation point. He's crying out this fact, like, I just seen God. I'm going to die. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the king, the Lord Almighty. He recognized in that moment that he was dead. Now, God didn't kill him because he needed him. But the power in that most holy place, God's power, we can't forget that. I think a lot of times, because God is merciful and gracious, we belittle who he is. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He reigns over everything. He's the creator of everything. And in a moment, we can be just the dust. So we have to remember that in our hearts and our minds. And so what that brings us to is that brings us to a place that we recognize God and we yield our wills. You know, we're asking. We're, we're asking God for these things, but we have to yield our wills to God's will. And I know Bill shared this. But in Matthew 26, 36 through 43, we see Jesus himself, our Savior, having to yield his will to God's will. When we see this here, the one, the one verse I want to pull out is, is, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus, in his last days before he, he's being crucified, they're up in the garden, and he's praying this. Now, here's what you have, when you go back through and you read this, he didn't just say this one time, may this cup pass from me, but not my will be done, your will be done. He said this three times. See, he was wrestling with this. He was struggling, saying, man, you know what, God, I know I came here to do this. I, I, I know you asked me to do this, but 
do I really have to? He says it once, and he goes back to the disciples, and they fall asleep. And I could just imagine Jesus going, dude, can you get up and just, I'm, I'm in pain here. Can you help me out? Be a brother, right? Come on. And he goes back, and he prays it again. May this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. And he comes back again to the apostles. What are they doing? Again, sleeping. Again. And he's infuriated. He's in desperation. And nobody's there to help him. But he goes back a third time. May this cup pass from me. But not my will, but your will be done. He yields completely to God. Completely to God. And I think that's true for us. We may not have those answers we want. And, and, I, I, and I think it's, it's quite all right for us to go back like Jesus did. And we can ask God, God, I need this. God, why aren't you letting this happen? God, why doesn't this happen? Why can't you allow this to happen in my life? And we can keep asking and asking, but we always have to come back to the fact that we know that God's will is better than ours. And we have to trust him in that. But it doesn't mean we can't wrestle with him. But ultimately, we need to yield to him and give him the reins to our lives. And so the last song that I wanted to do before we wrap it up here is I Surrender All. Because I think that states it the best, right? All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence, daily live. I surrender all. So let's sing this together. All to Jesus I surrender all. To him I freely give. Say, I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender. See, I surrender all. See, I surrender all. See, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender humbly at His feet. See all to Jesus, I surrender humbly at his feet. I bow to worldly pleasures, all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. I surrender all. See, I surrender all. See, I surrender all. See, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I 
surrender. One more time, I surrender. See, I surrender all. See, I surrender all. See, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Yes, we do, Lord. So what's this mean for us? Well, I hope in some way I've laid it out to where you can use songs regularly in your prayers. You know, the Jewish people, they have a book called the Siddur, or Cider, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. Uh, but in it are many prayers, and many of them are sung. The whole book of Psalms, a lot of those have, you know, to be sung or note to to be played by instruments. So I encourage you to take these songs we sung today, these four. I'm going to make a playlist that I want to put on Facebook, um, on the church's Facebook page and on my Facebook page and Twitter account that I'm going to share tonight. And I encourage you to subscribe to it. If you're Spotify users, if you don't know what Spotify is, don't worry about it. You can look it up on the web. Um, but it's a great music streaming service. Um, and also on iTunes, I'll put together some playlists that um, I have almost completed. And uh, what I've done is I've taken the songs and I've put praise songs and repentance songs, songs of forgiveness, songs of asking God, and then songs that we can yield. And I encourage you, just make this your playlist. Maybe you're having a hard time praying and focusing your mind. And man, music's just a great way to keep our focus and our attention as we sing those songs and pray those prayers. And there's a lot of other good songs like... 10th Avenue North has a song called Worn that they sung that just talks about how going through life is just hard and how we're worn out and tired sometimes, but that God is faithful. And so I encourage you to do that. Subscribe to that playlist or make your own. Go out and find songs that, like, man, I didn't know that existed, but there's so much music out there and there's so many churches and organizations now that are Christian that provide great, solid music with a great message to help you in your prayers. And then one thing, I, I, w I would be amiss if I didn't ask this as a worship leader. You know, when we sing on the stage, I know sometimes the speakers can be a little loud, but I know that you guys can be louder than the speakers, right? And so I encourage you guys, as we sing, let's sing together. Let's give everything that we have, because I know that Jesus would sing for you just as loud as you know. I know you can sing for him, right? Amen? Amen? So let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray, and uh, thanks for letting me teach this way today. God, I just thank you so much, God, for who you are and for what you've done. God, let us to look at the tabernacle, God, as a way to enter into uh, prayer with you, God, and to give you praise, God, to repent, to ask of what we need, God, and to ultimately just yield, God, to your will and to rest in your presence. God, we thank you for that opportunity. Jesus. What I think the most is that we don't need to go through those steps anymore because you were the ultimate sacrifice. God, because of your blood, we can come to you and you alone. And, and through that, God, there's such a blessing and such a hope and such an honor. God, as we go about our way today, God, let us look for opportunities. Let us look for songs. Let us listen to the music, not just the music, but the lyrics and what they say about you. God, and if there be music that we listen to in our life that doesn't glorify you 
and lift you up, God, let us reconsider that music. And let's turn on the music that we can use to glorify you more, God. We thank you for that. God, I ask you to bless each one. Give us the rest of this day, God, to enjoy our friends, our family, and each other, God. And I thank you for all you've done. Amen.